0: You are listening to Big Trouble in a Little Podcast, and here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. up, peeps, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. And I'm Andy. this is our bi-weekly podcast where we watch movies and we talk about it because we're a movie buff, just like how we're a video game uh, addict, too. So, you know, we come here every bi-weekly, we watch our movie, and then we talk about it, and then uh, we talk about some news here and there, and then we go home and, and you know, have a, have a you know, good day. Andy, what the hell have you been watching? Mm,
1: I uh, I started Cheers from the beginning, so I just watched a ton of Cheers. I don't only watched one movie. I watched uh, Modern Times, the Charlie Chaplin
0: movie. Oh, nice. An oldie but a goodie for both of those. Uh, Cheers. A lot of the people from Cheers is, you know, doing big things, I think. I know the, right. the, the pig from Toy Story is in there. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah, and uh of course uh, Woody Allen. Not Woody Allen, Jesus Christ. Uh Woody Harrelson is uh doing TVs like true detectives and uh
1: Kelsey Grammer still
0: does stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a what a good show. T V shows like like that, you don't get those anymore. I I just think TV is kinda you have to be so Dramatic that you have to be like Game of Drone, Game Game of Thrones, and uh, you know, Walking Dead. It's like bring back some good shit.
1: There's a lot of TV shows now that are still like, oh, just people doing stuff contemporarily, but they're writing jokes for the lowest common denominator, and none of them are fun to watch. Like stuff like Cheers was, at least in my opinion, Mm -hmm. it's all like, you know, I don't want to watch Two and a Half Men, but at least shows, makes me feel stupid being
0: in you know. I mean, I guess you have your Parks and Rec and your you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia and The Office. Like that kind of rub off of what Cheers and the other shows were like back then. But yeah, they're all great. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I watched uh, two things just like you. Uh, I watched a Nathan Hawk movie from 2014 called Predestination. Uh, It's about time travel, and it's really hard to explain, but it's really, really a good movie. Surprisingly, it was straight to DVD, I believe, and um, I was surprised this didn't hit theaters, but I could also see why it didn't. Uh, It involves a lot of thinking. While watching this movie, so you're you're like, well, you know, how did this person get here? What what's the time loop and all that stuff? And you just you need to watch it. Go watch it. Uh, it's not on a streaming platform, so you would have to rent it, I believe, on like Amazon Prime or uh, you know your local Redbox. Um, I don't know if I said this last episode. But, uh, I rewatched the OA again, uh, from season one and season two. And the writing is so good in this. Like I'd never seen a series so much that they pay attention to a lot of details from season one. Like usually when in TV shows, uh, when they do the writing, you're like, well, you know, what happened in this scene compared to, to this season? And, uh, they don't usually write that well. This one, if you go back to season one and look at certain scenes, you go, "Oh, now I know why they did this in the second season." It's What's it about? um, it's another one hard one to explain, but pretty much, uh, it's about a Russian little girl. Uh, she, her father was a mobster, uh. A rival mobster pretty much killed his children, or killed his little girl, and she had a near-death experience where it brought her back into this world, but they brought, brought her back blind, and uh, she had to move America to get away from, you know, the danger and uh pretty much the dad dies because uh he's a mobster and that's what mobsters you know usually get when they're fighting with other uh gangs and um pretty much she this is where the hard explanation comes in the, the play she is trying to find her dad but ends up finding a scientist who he says he could help her because he's studying near-death experiences. But instead of helping her, he kidnaps her and uses her as a guinea pig for experiments. What is that? What a jerk! Yeah. And it involves, you know, other dimensions and stuff. It, it gets really weird. But at the same time, the writing is so good that... You wanna see what happens in the next episode and and the story that she tells because uh I won't spoil it, but she comes back to uh the town and she something happened to her that you're not expecting that would you know it's more of like a miracle level. And uh she's explaining the story to the kids in the neighborhood and she explaining the kidnap situation and how things went there and stuff. It's just really good. It's on Netflix. It has two seasons, and both seasons are eight episodes. So are they
1: hour long episodes?
0: About forty five minutes. I think one or two were like an hour, because usually that's what happens in like the beginning or end of a of the season. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, so that's what I've been watching. Um, I really want to watch the Jordan Peele um, Twilight Zone.
1: Me too, but I guess you have to have CBS All Access,
0: is that right? Yeah, and I'm hearing conflicting things like it's hard to match Rod Serling, but you're never going to match Rod Serling, uh, in my opinion. You can get close, uh, and Jordan Peele is doing really well as a director. Incredibly
1: well, yeah. I was just wanted to hear they're just redoing some of the old stories. Like, that'll still be really cool. But I kind of want to see a bunch of new sci fi writers.
0: Well, what I, what I know is that they have an episode called The Comedian, which I think is new. Uh, and then they have the old William Shatner. Uh,
1: Terror at 20,000
0: feet. Yeah. So, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, like you said, I just want something new to stop trying to recreate something that you. You don't really have to.
1: If they bring something new to it, then whatever. I'll, you know, mm-hmm. do it. Hopefully they know what they're doing. There's a lot of talented people attached to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm probably going to watch uh, the first two episodes after this podcast. <laughs> probably. Because I didn't have time. I was too busy doing other stuff. All right, let's get into our movie of the week. So we're still doing the Planet of the Apes series. And we did Planet of the Apes, the 1968 version uh last episode and this episode we're doing beneath the planet of the apes um i'm really surprised they kind of because when i went to imdb and i don't know if you went there but i didn't see charlton heston on the the cast uh the the cast list here does doesn't even mention him
1: that's weird. No, I didn't I didn't look up anything about it until after I'd watched it. Like, I didn't even know the plot synopsis, nothing. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie, I guess. So I'll just put it in and watch it. Since the last episode, I found, you can get the first, let me think, seven Planet of the Apes movies in a Blu-ray box set for like $11 or something on Amazon. So I-
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good deal. Actually, uh... I I retract my statement. He's all the way at the bottom of the list. (laughs) I guess they're trying not to spoil it, I guess. I don't know.
1: Maybe.
0: But uh, I was really surprised because they kind of redid the end uh, in the beginning, kind of like a recap, and, uh, you know, showed him going along the ocean and seeing the Statue of Liberty and yelling and stuff. And uh, we have a new character named Brent, uh, who I did a search and rescue party to find Taylor, and uh, him, and we never really get the other guy's name. He just called him Skipper, right? If I'm correct.
1: Yeah, presumably he was the ranking officer, and he's injured in the crash, and then
0: he dies. Yeah, he didn't have a big role. <laughs> he 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 only he only said, "Uh, you know, my my daughter and my my wife are dead because you know we went a thousand years in the future and stuff." uh because space time travel and all that crap. Um I it, w- what's funny about the Brent character is he's so close to the character of Charlton Heston on how he looks and stuff. Uh yeah. when he went into town and seen uh Zira, uh and uh Cornelius, I, that's that's the other one, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um they're like Taylor and he's like n- n-
1: I really like that though because if you think about it all all men they they say in the first movie all men kind of look alike to apes and if you think about it you see a bunch of monkeys a bunch of apes in the zoo mm-hmm. they'll look alike to you you can't tell them apart you don't know which one's which unless you like really really look at them and it's funny because that's what they're doing like if you saw two of the same one you wouldn't be able to tell it apart that well at first and then they, they start putting it together I mm-hmm. liked it a lot though I thought it was really cool
0: yeah, I really liked that. Um, I just thought it was really funny. What, what I also noticed, too, and uh, my friend who's also big into Planet of the Apes, he was kind of giving me a little history that uh, Zira, the, the person who played Zira and um, Cornelius, uh, they had other plans and movies and stuff, so they had to do their scenes really quickly. So that's why you only saw them, like, a few times. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I was like, that's interesting. It was
1: hard for them to get anyone back for this movie. The director couldn't come back because he was working on Patton. They Mm -hmm. couldn't get the composer back. Um, The guy who played Dr. Zaius is completely different because he was gone. Uh, And they could only barely get both of them and and Heston back. And even he was like, I don't want to be in that much. Uh, Just donate my money. Like, he donated his pay to charity, and his filming was done in, like, eight days. And part of, here comes a spoiler, part of him agreeing to be in the movie was that his character would die so that he wouldn't have to get bothered in the future.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and another thing is, like, people weren't used to sequels back then. So, like, having this was kind of interesting in a way. And, obviously, they didn't know that that this was going to be a franchise, I think, maybe just based off how the ending was to me yeah i mean the
1: end of this movie seems to indicate that's
0: it mm-hmm. um but we won't get there we'll explain some scenes that we uh like and i hate notifications on pc i gotta take this shit off because <laughs> we i don't know if uh you guys know that when you on youtube if you do notification and now i have a barking dog in the house while doing the podcast but whatever the notification uh, pops up on your computer and does a ding sound. So that's what you're hearing on the podcast. So I apologize. Um, yeah, Brent's character. Uh, h- how did you feel about him? Did you think his personality was okay for this movie?
1: Uh, he was good enough, but he didn't. He never got a lot of time. Like I didn't understand in the first movie. They do a really good job about like uh taylor's uh disillusioned with people on earth he figured oh, i'm gonna go do this instead mm-hmm. um the one, the one guy wants to further scientifically I, I have no idea why brent's doing what he's doing they, they never set it up it's just on oh, here now I, I mean obviously it was supposed to be like a rescue mission or something so they followed his trajectory and wound up here under the same circumstances but i never you don't get to know his character that well
0: yeah like the first yeah, because like you said, like in uh, Charlton's Heston character, he was like, oh, man, you know, humans are garbage. You know, we destroy everything. Uh, this guy is like, I need to find Taylor. And that's all he did. And he's like, wow, there's a planet of Apes. This is weird. <laughs> and then he gets shot and he's like, give me a map. And when, you know, when eventually he goes to Zira and Cornelius's house and stuff. What what you think of the scene by the way when they're in that little coliseum? and it, it kind of reminded me uh state of the union a little bit where you know they were explaining what to do and then you had the different factions like the scientists uh the gorillas section like standing up and clapping and stuff
1: That was one of my favorite parts actually cuz that's what I want to know more about. I want to know more about like the caste system that the the ape city has. mm mm-hmm. Mhm they they start to explore it but they don't do enough with it in this movie they, they get away from it eventually and i understand why they have all this new interesting stuff going on i mean interesting to some people but that's what i wanted to see more of and this, this movie didn't have as much like social commentary like like contemporary stuff or when the movie came out it was more like a fun sci-fi romp which is fine mm-hmm. but i don't know they 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 put that aside so they could do some of their other sci-fi ideas. And it works and it doesn't. But yeah, I like the scene a lot. That's what I want to see more of. I want to to see, like, what's up with Ape Society. and and Like I said, it's like a caste system it seems like.
0: And what was funny, too, is like the gorilla was all about like, you know, we need to destroy our enemy. We need to go to war and stuff. And Dr. Zayas. Uh, he was so against of going into the forbidding zone uh, just because, you know, man is dangerous and stuff. Just like how the the lawmaker said in the little Bible prophecy thing. Yeah. Um. To me, I got the impression that he was against the gorilla. Did you get that same impression?
1: Well, yeah, he didn't want to do it. He just wanted, I mean, Zero puts it best. He just wants things to stay just as they are, like for better or worse. And it's interesting to me like he he started becoming one of my favorite characters because he's right again for the wrong reasons but once again oh they they shouldn't have done any of this stuff this was foolish it ended up doing them and it's just you know he's motivated by the wrong things but what he wants is just to protect ape society and stuff like that and and he's right it turns out so Mm -hmm. i like that a lot and
0: and the gorilla also had a good Point too because you know I, it, it, what it sounded like to me that they were running out of food and resources, so you know the smart thing to do is to expand and explore uh, more land to get more resources and stuff while you know possibly invading other people. Uh, so I guess he kind of did have a point to Gorilla, but I also agreed with Dr. Zayas said. it's dangerous there. And we should, you know, be in our own little uh, sanctuary and don't bother other people. Or you're going to... That's
1: what the, the lawgiver had set down. Is like, just never go there. Just don't go into the forbidden zone. And they shouldn't have gone. It...
0: That makes me more uh, excited to watch more of the series to see who the lawmaker is eventually is. Because we are going to get to a point where we do the prequels. And I wonder... If we ever find out who the lawmaker is, I kind
1: of assumed that was going to come later, but I don't know. I really don't.
0: Yeah, so that's exciting to me because they always mentioned him a lot, and I feel like we're going to get a payoff soon, uh, especially when uh, this became a franchise. And and I and you said you want to know more about the cast system. The the, the only uh, Planet of the Apes movie that I only saw before we started this was the Marky Mark Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Planet of the Apes, and that is canon, by the way. I I researched it, uh, but they kind of explain each uh, cast system, so, you know, like what the gorilla does and what the scientist does. So that's gonna be cool. Um, I'm also trying to think the in the beginning of the movie, you'll see Charlton Heston and Nova riding on the horse, and then like <laughs> a wall of fire appears. Uh, which you eventually find out what it is, uh, and then, like, lightning bolts. Uh, I loved the uh, effects uh, back then. Like, th- it must have been cool to see that back then, but now when you look at it, it's like, oh, it's so fucking cheesy, but I love it.
1: Yeah, there, there was one, like, when the, the land splits open, that, that's a pretty decent, like, they they lay footage over a miniature shot, and mm-hmm. it's pretty good. And this And this movie had some really good, like, Background matte paintings, but it also had some really terrible background matte paintings. So I, I don't know. It was all over the place with the effects, mm-hmm. and ups and downs. I, I was. It, it was interesting to see what they were doing and what aged well and what didn't. And frankly, most of it didn't age well, but that doesn't take the charm out so.
0: of it. Yeah. So, you know, Taylor um, tells Nova to stay on the horse, and he he goes up to like the area where. The Earth is split, and he kinda like puts his hand on i guess the invisible wall and he goes through it and then it <laughs> then it switches scenes to pretty much rent Brent and uh, his broken ship and stuff and I'm like what <laughs> what the fuck is going on in <laughs> in this world that the you know charlton Hessing character just disappears in, into the invisible void and uh you, you, you f- eventually find out why later. Um,
1: it goes beneath the Planet of the Apes. It's in the title.
0: <laughs> yeah, but what would have been funny in my... Not funny. Would have been logical, in my opinion, was you know when the Earth split, that somehow he was climbing down there and he fell. Rather yeah, than... but it
1: was an illusion. It didn't actually split open.
0: Oh, okay. See, I read that wrong. <laughs>
1: I mean, they explain it when they're, like, in- interrogating him. Mm-hmm. And then also later, like, the, the, the ape army has stopped by all this nonsense, and, and Dr. Zayas kind of sees through it and rides into it and doesn't get hurt because it's an illusion. It's all fake.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you said you like the painting and stuff. I kind of liked the subway uh, set pretty much. I thought it was uh, cool-looking.
1: Apparently a lot of those sets were just redressed sets from another movie that took place in New York City. I thought that was interesting. They took the actual sets that used to look nice and then just post-apocalyptic them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff looked pretty dumb, though. It didn't like age. It's like a thousand years later, and there's still paint on that bus. That's dumb. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a lot of things in there. I was like Because well, that... think about it. Um, a nuclear war happened. Uh, They're in the subway at the moment. So, like, all that stuff that you see that is in the subway would look all raggedy and old and shit. Like, what really confused me was when they first went into the subway where they see Queensborough Plaza, by the way. uh, Prop to Queensborough, uh, my hometown over there. (laughs) Um, But uh, he goes on the train tracks and he, like, sees a picture that says New York and stuff. Like, wouldn't you think... That piece of paper or poster would decay in some way over yes. time?
1: I mean, it was a metal sign. It was painted.
0: True. But it would still be rusted, right?
1: <laughs> I assume... Um depending on the climate and apparently the climate that they're in is like very dry there's not a lot of water that you see
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, if, if something is very dry or extremely wet like a bog or a marsh stuff can be preserved for a lot longer so there there is some scientific basis too if it's a really dry climate it preserves yeah but i there's something I hated about this movie and that's that it, it kind of made everything feel a lot smaller like I always felt like the distance from the crash site to Ape City to the Forbidden Zone to the big site to where the, he sees the Statue of Liberty, I always felt like it was a really far distance. Like they were riding for a couple of days and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this movie makes everything feel like it takes place like within a day walk or something. Like they escape and then like the next scene, they're getting chased by apes and then they're like, oh, we're in the Forbidden Zone. I was like, what's well, this when? <laughs> and I, I didn't like that. Nova led him all the way back to the eighth city and it feels like later that afternoon. Like it, it should have taken days. They were in the forbidden zone. That's where he crashed. And it, I don't know. The first movie made everything feel like this is this is a big part of this world. And this one made it feel like oh, the entire movie always plays place right over New York City.
0: You know what that's, i
1: that's dumb and boring. I don't like that. And plus some of it's underground and some isn't. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um I just feel like they did it on purpose to the point where uh, you have the town full of apes. And you got to think that's a small town. It's nothing like a city or a metropolitan. It's like a tiny little, like an Indian tribe to to say the fact of that. And um, I feel like the Forbidden Zone is just across the hill. <laughs> that that's how i think about it like i think about the forbidden zone is like a couple of miles down a road and then there's like this desert area where you know the ship is and uh the the beach and cuz you got to think that they have to be near water correct
1: i mean they have to be to survive
0: mhm so i mean they're not going to drink ocean water but there's a river nearby uh which would lead to lead to an ocean so, yeah, it's just how the, the film uh, directs it uh, makes it feel like everything's small and next to each other, which, logically, that would be stupid when they say, you know, we need to travel to the Forbidden Zone, like it's, you know, in the next state.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I the first movie made me think it was taking place over many states or whatever, but... This movie just feels like it all takes place in one one location. I realize New York City covers a lot of area geographically, but it's just I don't know.
0: It should be bigger. That that is interesting. I mean, they're in Manhattan, and maybe the Forbidden Zone is like the five boroughs. <laughs> I guess I, I you just take a bridge and you're there. I I don't know. Um. Brent then Brent and Nova uh go in the subway, and they're being led by a humming sound, um,
1: which never gets explained.
0: Mm-hmm. I I just think it was the uh, the people that they meet were just like leading them on.
1: Yeah, but what's the point of making it stop whenever their hands are on the ladder?
0: I felt like like he's, he he kind of explained it like it was a navigation mode, uh. Pretty much when his hands were on the ladder and uh, I guess when the hummings stopped, that means they were going in the right way, I guess, because every time
1: yeah, I still think it was stupid.
0: Yeah, it, I I guess they were just trying to have something be like, oh, something's communicating with us. See? I mean, it,
1: was, it was it was mysterious. And at the time, I admit, I was like, oh, what is this? What's going on? I want to see more. But then when I found out what it was, I was like, but that didn't make any sense. Also, was really nothing. Mm-hmm. so I don't know it, it, they they set they set themselves up for something really cool and then just not only did nothing with it but kind of in the reverse like it was it worked against
0: them yeah and and again, on how they made uh you know everything small, the subway felt small to the point where like they led to this area to a church uh and in front of the church there was like a, a drinking fountain. And he went to go drink the water that was in there, and I'm like, "That's probably not sanitary." And he spit it out. That was funny.
1: Yeah, I guess he was desperate. But then, like a fountain starts, and this also doesn't make sense because everything I know about their abilities leads me to believe that they can only make like illusions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I guess they had something mechanical that could actually turn that water, because it obviously wasn't an illusion. Because not only does he drink it, you know, they could. Make him think he was drinking, but then he tries to drown Nova in it. So, obviously, the water was real. Do they have, like, they, they got a little switch back there that turns on the fountain? That's um, weird. I would have I, to... I think, I think a lot of my problems with this movie stem from, I hate the dumb powers that the mutants have. It's yeah. so stupid.
0: Yeah, and I think that's pretty much the low point of me, because... I'll explain why in a second, but well like when they did the fountain thing and he started drowning Nova, I was like, "Is the water poisoned? Was he making him do that to you know kill her in some way, and then eventually it led to a church where a guy was praising a, a nuclear bomb which
1: I didn't realize that's where that trope that joke came from. is this movie? Because I've seen that in other stuff like
0: Venture Brothers and whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, that's... Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting uh, just based on the fact that what we saw in Planet of the Apes the the first movie, and then these people uh, worshipping a nuclear bomb that pretty much destroyed the Earth, and I was like, "What is going on here?"
1: I do, however, like the bait and switch of, "Oh, these are people they've." they've evolved and now they have all these fancy sci-fi powers just like sci-fi literature said they would but then it turns out that they're all like messed up and mutated because they're all wearing masks which I don't know where the mask is
0: because yeah. at
1: first I was like why are there still distinct races a thousand years down the road if, if it's just this small pool of people like there's still black people and white people but then later it's oh never mind this makes sense <laughs>
0: yeah and my friend uh who was talking to me while I was watching it well, talking to me through text uh about this movie uh he's like tell me when you get near the end and all that stuff and and i was like wait are these aliens like i i don't get it and they eventually they do explain that they were that, you know mutated humans that had got all these powers and stuff this this was the low point for me um I, <laughs>
1: The whole payoff to the
0: whole mystery of the movie Yeah. yeah i just i would rather you know aliens came to the the earth them going underground uh let's just say these aliens all they have is these you know uh mind power controls and that's it uh they're peaceful obviously like well not obviously but they talk about peace and they go into hiding because of these Planet of the Apes and these crazy humans and stuff. I would believe more of that than what we got, where it's like, oh, we're advanced uh, mutated humans that went into underground, and you know, we're a peaceful group. We don't we don't want any problems here.
1: The most the, uh, a yep.
0: hypocritical
1: pacifists ever. But I the. I, everything bothered me about them. Like it was some, it's kind of an interesting idea and they could have done something about it, but I, the, the movie like it felt like a hard left turn from where Planet of the Apes was. Mm-hmm. It it, was, it frustrated me, you know, into there was tons of really interesting stuff about it, but it was mixed in with all
0: the stuff I hated. Yeah. And like I said, it was, it, it just I didn't like them. Uh I, I the only the only thing I liked that they were worshipping a nuclear bomb, and that was ironic in a way because that's what destroyed, you know, uh, civilization.
1: Also, they claim to be pacifists, yet they worship a weapon.
0: Mm-hmm. Which uh, kind of, how it is today like? You know, you show peace through strength by having a nuclear bomb, and it, they touch up on that on Metal Gear Solid uh, Five, I believe. And I believe Peace Walker, uh, where they go, you know, we ha- we have nuclear bomb, we're gonna make sure we, you know, bring peace to the world by telling them don't mess with us because we'll nuke you. <laughs> so that was interesting. The whole you know, them taking off their skin mask was weird. Like I guess that was the payoff to be like, oh, we're mutated, we're we're different people, we're still humans, but this is what we look like now. Uh what do you think of the Charlton Heston or Taylor versus a Brent fight?
1: I think it went on too long. It was an interesting premise at first, and then I was like, okay, I get it. Neither <laughs> of these guys can fight that well. Which is a shame, because you remember the fight on the, the carriage, the moving carriage, when he breaks out, he's, he attacks the ape, and they fight like on top of it while it's moving. That mm. was awesome stunt work. That was great. And then when the two of them fight in that cell, I got so bored.
0: Yeah. And... I guess did he throw him into the cage because his back was bleeding and
1: the- yeah, he landed against the, the bars with the on the spike bars.
0: See, I got so bored of that fight right away. I was, I didn't even notice that. Uh, same thing with like the the mutated human stuff. I I kind of zoned out. Uh, my friend actually told me he's like, "No, they're survivors and stuff." I'm like, "What? These aliens are survivors? I I don't get it." Like
1: I never thought they were aliens or anything. I i stuck with the movie. Like I still wanted to know what was gonna happen because they set everything up so well. I really liked uh the apes are going to war, they need more land, they need land to grow food. Uh Doctor Says is against something, so I like that character. But after they started dealing with all the meetings, I was like, This is really stupid, this better go somewhere. And then it fucking goes nowhere, and then the movie ends.
0: hmm Um We already touched up on this, but uh, they use illusions to kind of scare off the apes away or anybody that uh, trespasses on their ground. So like when the apes were there, um, there was like a wall of fire. Uh, Their lawmaker statue was like crying blood. And there was like apes on stakes that were burning. And Dr. Zayas, was that?
1: I wondered if uh the those scarecrows that they see in the first movie. I wonder if retroactively that wasn't supposed to be associated with the mutants. Like that was that got me thinking. At least i was like, oh wait, was that was that this or was it that?
0: See, this was the the mutants were too sci-fi enough. Like it's interesting that the whole uh, you know apes evolved from humans kind of thing like that's interesting but this mutant thing was stupid i would i would have like a uh small community of humans that actually can talk uh that were kind of kind of like the re- rebellion in a way
1: yeah that would have been more fun cuz they could have like developed um, the world more. But instead it was like its own independent thing, something that hasn't had anything to do with anything mm-hmm. except in the uh in the microcosm of this one movie, of this one conflict in this one movie. And that's that's kinda of disappointing. So apparently uh I was reading about this movie a little bit. The script there were like three different scripts kicked around for this movie and this is the one that they had settled on and I don't know. One of the other ones had like Taylor leading a rebellion or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have been any better, but that leads back to and it, it, you know there's a huge franchise of these movies now. There are nine of them, and that's cool. And apparently, the newest ones, the three newest ones, are all great. Mm-hmm. But did this movie need a sequel? Uh, most of uh, the critical response, pretty much everyone who hated this movie was like, "This just proves that sci-fi doesn't need sequels. This movie shouldn't have had a sequel. The sequels, a misstep, blah blah blah." And I kind of agree. And Real quick, I will say, we always say, oh, do you recommend this movie or not? I kind of recommend this movie anyway, because it's still really interesting, especially if you like old sci-fi, if you like the old Star Treks, uh, if you like the first Planet of the Apes, Mm -hmm. Omega Man, Quiet Earth, stuff like that. uh, This movie's still worth it. It's interesting. There's some good stunt work in it. There's some good sets. It does, it fleshes out the Ape City some. But... Man, the, the ending is
0: just so stupid. Yeah. It,
1: they didn't need to make it. They, they probably shouldn't
0: have Yeah, but then you would have never got the franchise. and
1: I know, but do we need it? I mean, that, that coming from someone who has literally never seen any of the other movies. Like I said on the first episode that we did Planet of the X, I've seen the first movie like five, six, seven times. Mm-hmm. I've never seen any others. So the first movie, if it stood by itself, if, if that was the only one that had ever been made, it would still be considered, I mean, it is considered one of the great sci-fi movies adventures but it would be considered even better i think because apparently not only is there all this but there's like an animated show and a bunch of comic books and, you know they went a little crazy with stuff which you know for better or worse there's there's a lot of uh side stuff from star wars star trek coming in the barbarian it's all great too but yeah i don't I... know the first movie is just so good. It seems, it seems so
0: good yeah and obviously you had rod Serling in the first one with the screenplay Yeah, he didn't return for this one. And I I have a feeling if Rod Serling was on here, uh, he wouldn't have these mutated people. At least he would probably make them more believable in a way. He would make
1: the movie have a point. The first movie had, like, a point. There was, like, social commentary. and There was a bunch of, like, dry, somewhat dark humor in it. And then this one just, like I said, it's like a sci-fi romp. It's, like, a little adventure movie. But it doesn't really make that much of a point. I feel like they try to make a point about being... um, Uh, nuclear deterrence anti-war stuff like that but every dime store baby's first sci-fi movie makes that message and this one doesn't even
0: do it yeah and obviously how andy was saying like it just ends and pretty much that's how it does like
1: i didn't care for the ending much at all I, i uh like i said The movie's still good in a lot of places. And I really, really wanted to be like, I love this movie. And I did kind of like it. But man, the ending's just so stupid. (laughs) Uh,
0: The apes are uh, coming in and they're fighting and stuff. (laughs) And all the fucking mutated humans are just fucking dying left and right. And uh, they activate the missile before the apes, I believe, come in. And all they have to do is press one crystal down. And was it just gonna blow in inside there, or was it like a launching? Like, where was there a silo or something? I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't fully understand how nuclear weapons in 1969 worked, but I feel like neither did the Russians.
0: <laughs> um, but you know, uh, Taylor and Brent—they were like in the top area. I guess they were gonna. It, to me, the plan was they were going to stop the mutated humans from blowing up a nuclear bomb. And uh, pretty much, when the apes got there and slaughtered the mutant humans, <laughs> Brent gets shot, and then Taylor gets shot. And uh, Taylor is like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> and he just... Did it look like he fell on the crystal, or he meant to do it? He, he was doing it on
1: purpose. He did
0: that on <laughs> Because my friend.
1: Cause he, after after Noah gets shot, he started to say, oh, we should just do it anyway. Blow up all the stupid apes and all the stupid mutants. sick them all this shit. And then Brent kind of, like, you know, puts the fire back in it. But then after Brent gets shot and then he's injured, it's like, eh, hey, you know, fuck it. I guess well, the whole goddamn world. And then there's that, that weird narration at the end, which I don't know. I either like it or hate it. I think I like it. Like, it's, as far as the shitty ending goes, I do like that the guy's on Arch planet just in this one solar system that it's a charred husband
0: out. I think it, what he said was, man is capable of nothing but destruction.
1: Yeah, which is funny, because it goes back to what Dr. Seuss was always saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- they
1: should have done more of that Because in the first movie... They do such a good job of making a character that you hate. I love that. I love when writing makes you hate a character for reasons other than, like, he's a murderer or he's a rapist. Oh, of course you hate him. But Dr. Zayas is, like, motivated by keeping people safe. God damn it, he's a scumbag. I hate him.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like a heel in the WWE, pretty much. But, yeah. And that's how it ended. And I thought... You know, when the first movie, when we got that big cliffhanger that he was uh, on Earth the whole time, it's just in the future and something went wrong, <laughs> where apes are now the, uh, the you know, species that were powerful compared to humans. Um, this just ends. And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I guess if you would have watched this movie in 1970 uh you'd be like god damn it <laughs> that's it it's the end um well not god damn it like i guess that's how it ends everybody dies but us watching it now we know that there's a franchise uh based off of how it ended it's you could really tell that they didn't want to make any more but i guess there was some type of cult following that You know, they just kept on making more. (laughs) Um, I do recommend it. Because there there was parts where I was like, I kind of want to know what's going on. Uh, I'm interested in, you know, where Taylor went. And um, what is in the Forbidden Zone. Because they kept on alluding that something was in the Forbidden Zone. And, um, oh, I want to bring up, the The ape protesters that was that was hilarious. By the way,
1: I like that. It was like a nice little like. That's what I wanted. It was like parallels to shit that actually happens in real life, because you know the chimpanzees there they were more like I don't I don't like this war thing stuff like that. And it was uh, it was a callback to the the kid in the first movie. You know, never trust adults, and he's like, oh, adults always using big words and stuff like that. That that makes sense. I, I like I liked that, but they didn't do anything with it. It was just that one scene, and it wasn't set up, and there was no opinion. It mm. was just a, a scene, and they get them out of the way. And it's like they wanted you to know, oh, the chimpanzees are kind of against it, and then nothing. Happened. Yeah.
0: Gorilla brutality. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And then the part where he's like, the only good human is a dead human. That was uh, when they were in the Colosseum area. But yeah, I do recommend it. Uh, like I said, the low point to me was the mutant and obviously the ending. It was very abrupt. And But obviously I still recommend it. I see that we both have the same idea and we're putting this at number two in our ranking so far.
1: I mean, of course it's not better than the first one. Like I said, I haven't seen the others yet. Mm-hmm. I guess it's number two for now.
0: Yep. so I see
1: that
0: changing yeah I think that's what we're gonna happen until we start seeing like the newer ones where the, the prequels that might change up our list but I think we're gonna have like one two three and four pretty much be the accurate uh, list that they have here on IMDB <laughs> probably but
1: we'll see'll
0: we see yep so obviously next uh, week or next bi-weekly the next Planet of the Apes movie is called Escape from Planet of the Apes. So make sure to go watch that and then come back here and uh, talk about it.
1: I honestly can't wait to watch it because uh, where do they go from here?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been looking at pictures and stuff and and it's very interesting. I'll say that.
1: I'm doing my best to look at nothing. I'm not even reading the back of the Blu-ray case before I put it in, the, in my PlayStation. I'm just putting it in, hit and play as fast as I can, which is weird. This is a, an aside, but um, all I could, the Blu-rays I got, they're all European, uh, but it doesn't matter. There, there's no region locking. They play on the PlayStation 4, just fine. But I guess each one is prefaced by this like kind of ugly CG of the lawgiver. Mm -hmm. Talking about the movie, and then each movie also has an intro from the Lawgiver. If you want, I didn't select it, but man, it's fucking weird. Uh, It's just a weird aside. It's just so strange.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, it is. Watch it. See, well, watch uh, the beneath the Planet of the Apes, the Lawgiver stuff. That's interesting. Mm. All right, let's go to some news that matter to us. Uh, I don't know about you, but I bought my Endgame ticket avengers endgame uh not an opening day by the way because it's sold out <laughs> so i had uh, on may 1st at 10 a.m in the morning because i don't want to uh be in a crowd of people during the afternoon or night but okay. but uh, i got my ticket i can't wait to see how they de- defeat thanos um and see who dies i'm I'm thinking it's going to be Iron Man and Captain America. I think both of them are going to die in that movie. An end of an era. But uh, are you going to go see Endgame?
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> I know how weird that sounds. I'm always so down on comic books. I mean, I really liked Infinity War. That movie was a lot of fun. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, was, uh, I was Thanos for all to provide more. Yeah, Thanos provide,
0: when... I uh, actually like Thanos with a lightsaber, right? Where you had... uh, You were holding somebody's lightsaber, if I was correct?
1: I mean, one time, yeah. I, I picked
0: it up. I just saw a picture, man. <laughs> um, Joker trailer came out today with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I asked you before the show, and it sounded like you were a little down about this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I want to like it so much because... Uh... I'm, the tone is really interesting, but like the stuff with his mother seems strange. I, again, it's just a trailer. I don't know anything about it yet. I really Phoenix, but something about it hit a weird chord. I, mean, I feel like they really want to recapture um, the the grittiness. I know everyone loves that word, the grittiness of like the Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do that, but kind of in a, in a slightly different way. And I think this movie has a bunch of um, a bunch of uh, potential, I'll say potential, but I don't know if anyone wanted this. I don't know if it needed made, but it's just a trailer. We'll wait and see. Comes out in October. Excuse me, comes out in October. So I guess we'll all
0: see. Yeah, uh, they didn't give a date. They just said October uh, because it's a teaser. Um, To me, it was like a trailer, but uh, they they said it was a teaser. Uh, To me, a teaser is. Here's 20 seconds or 10 seconds. Boom. That's a teaser. Uh I believe this was like a 2 minute to 3 minute trailer. Um I like the grittiness. Uh a lot of people hate it uh because people don't know how to capture uh Christopher Nolan's grittiness and dark of uh the Dark Knight movies. Um I, I, it looks interesting. Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. Yeah. Uh, did I read this correctly? Isn't Robert De Niro in this film too? I don't know. Let me go look that. I'm looking that up right now. Joker. He might be one of the cops. That would. Yep, Robert De Niro is in it as. Oh, that's
1: pretty cool,
0: man. Yeah, Murray Franklin. I don't know who that is. So. Yeah. Um, You think they're going to talk uh, Obviously this is in the Batman universe And you see Arkham Hospital Um, Do you think You'll see some type Of Batman in here Or is that going to be the end And pretty much be like a, a Cliffhanger sequel that he's going to fight Batman in the next movie Yeah I think
1: it'll be that I think they'll have a push credits
0: situation hmm. That's my guess Yeah what do you think of the costume? I I saw the purple one. Uh, kind of reminded me of the, uh, cartoon kind of suit to it. Sure. Uh, the makeup is interesting. Uh, I
1: kind of like that. I like the the, the design of everything. Uh, I like the orange suit that he wears
0: too. It's kinda... Yeah, and I do like that it's in the seventies. Kind of It has a seventies feel to it. Um. I just don't know because the whole mother thing—it um, it looks like they're going off script on how the Joker became the Joker.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And uh, I don't know if that's going to mend well with the comic people. Um, yeah. Tell
1: a good story—that's that's all it takes. Because I mean, they—they they changed it sometimes. The Joker was Jack Napier, and sometimes he was the guy who shot Batman's parents, and then sometimes he's not. And sometimes he's other stuff or well, whatever. They'd do whatever they want. Fuck.
0: And what's weird to me the the tone that I got in this trailer is you have to like the Joker, like he's some type of good guy, and you know pretty much the city of Gotham is making him into the Joker.
1: Oh, I didn't get that at all. I got that he's like, um, emotionally unstable and has a really weird, um, non regular home life, and that maybe he's just like to start. He's already a little weird. He's probably driven mm-hmm. weirder still. Weird. He's driven homicidal. That's what I got. Again, it's just a trailer. We're speculating on trailers. That that always does.
0: I, I mean, I'm still going to see it because Walking Phoenix. And I think I said that last time. <laughs> but,
1: uh... I could see myself seeing it. Like, the trailer didn't strike the chord that I I thought it was going to. But I'm still... You know, if they released another trailer, I would also watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So stay tuned and uh look out for our trailer. Hopefully they don't put the whole movie in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um... Last news really quickly, and I thought it was pretty funny, uh, that Sandra Bullock uh, was offered the role of Neo in The Matrix before Keanu Reeves. Uh, uh, thinking about Sa- Sandra Bullock being Neo uh, is weird. And not because she's a woman or anything. I'm not being like misogynist in any way. I just everything that I've seen Sandra Bullock be in, especially like Demolition Man, uh, Gravity, uh, Speed, and Speed 2. Um, <laughs> like, she has this certain personality, and her capturing uh, the personality of Neo um, is weird to me. Um,
1: I mean, I wish there was a screen test.
0: Yeah, it, The article pretty much says they were looking at Brad Pitt, later Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously because they were big in that time. Uh, totally. Uh, Will Smith. That would have been funny. <laughs> Will, I, I
1: of got down on that. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I, it would have been. It would have been different. I think the movie would have had to have a slightly different
0: tone. I think at that time, Will Smith was working on Wild Wild West. That that movie.
1: Uh, oh well, good. I guess his time was better spent. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um I I think one of the producers that worked with Sandra Bullock uh in Demolition Man, this is what he said. Uh we went to Sandy Bullock and said, uh, we'll change Neo to a girl. Uh Joe Silver and I worked with Sandy on Demolition Man and she was uh she was and continues to be very good friends of mine. It was pretty simple. We sent her the script uh to see if she was interested in it and if she was interested in it we would make the change uh interesting that, that that's mm-hmm. all that's all i'll
1: that makes, say that makes me wonder how far they would have because the producers were like oh we want you to completely change this lead character and i just wonder what, the, what she keeps it.
0: Mm-hmm. it i don't know it's just weird <laughs> very <laughs>
1: and, weird it's very interesting
0: that's the news everybody um I went through all the news and obviously uh it was dominated by endgame stuff so yeah, of course. I I did not want to be like oh you know uh Tom Holland said that this might happen and then and the Hulk and what is what is the future of Marvel and I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> all I all I care is uh, the ending of Thanos because cause you got to think this way. Marvel This is an end of an era like what we get from here on out is the future of You know, we're getting into the the comics that are coming out now compared to uh, The last phases that we went through Uh, You know, we were getting origin stories and old comics of the Iron Man Captain America Thor Like, now we're going to get, like, the new Avengers and stuff that are going to be coming out later, so. I'm excited
1: We'll see what
0: happens. Yeah, and uh, I'm still seeing that Space Jam 2 is coming out in two years but (laughs) with uh, LeBron James, so (laughs) that's funny. All right, guys, I think that's where we'll end the episode. We are on Podbean. If you go to novnetwork.podbean.com, we're on there. And we are officially on Spotify, everybody. So if you go to Nerd Review Network on Spotify, we are on there. I know a lot of people prefer Spotify over iTunes these days. Um, yeah, iTunes is garbage in my opinion. But we are also on iTunes. <laughs> So uh, if you have an iPhone, go watch it or go listen to it on there. Uh, If you have every other phone, go on Spotify. Um, We also post on uh, com. That's a nerdy site where we talk everything nerdy and we post our podcasts on there. Uh, I'm trying to think what else housekeeping. Is there any projects you're working on, Andy? Video game or movie?
1: Uh, Yeah, Ultima. I'm, I'm... I'm right. I kinda of have to beat it first, I feel like. But I already have a lot to say about it. For better or worse. I say that a lot, I know it, but I I, I gotta beat the game first, and then I'm pretty sure you're gonna start seeing stuff materialized. Also, um I don't wanna say anything right now because I was just thinking about it today, but I might spin off what we're doing with Planet of the Eggs and the something else, But I'm not gonna say what it is yet.
0: Okay, cool. So stay tuned for Andy's uh, projects. Me, um I've been thinking more about my Twitch channel. Um, I'm not like any other streamer on there where I'm really engaging. So I thought of an idea. I like music. I like video games. Kind of might be doing a little uh, radio show where you could request songs and play while I play video games. And obviously I'll talk here and there. It's not like I'm just be like, here, listen to music. I ain't fucking talking to you. Um but it
1: gotta be a disjunct. You gotta you gotta have a lot of personality.
0: Yeah. Cool? Yeah, so I, I think that's where I'm gonna take my Twitch channel. Uh the YouTube stuff I'm still working on. I have one other project that I'm planning before I, I talk about it. And I have to sign some people uh that I'm gonna be talking with uh to be part of this project. So stay tuned on that. Uh until next time, everybody, remember that next week we will be doing Escape from PsyQuest, our video game podcast. And then uh, after that, we come back for some more Planet of the Apes. So uh, see you guys later. Have a good day.
1: Thanks for listening.